pensioned veterans, and everyone who's ready to change their lives. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show, educating our veterans live. Join your host, Marine Corps-trained motivator, Christina Silva, as she connects with experts, innovators, and military heroes. Now, let's get started. Here is Christina Silva. Yeah. You're listening to The Christina Silva Show, and today's mission is Horse Racing 101. Joining us are special guests from the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation. The Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation was created to educate and create welfare for anyone involved in the horse racing industry based on the gift of the life of Sam Thompson. Sam Thompson is a winningest jockey and raced around the world, captivating and impacting the lives of his fellow jockeys and everyone that was inspired by the sport of horse racing. And today, we're going to find out about Horse Racing 101 from special guest Laura Joyner, president and CEO of the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation and co-board member Dave Weaver of TBG Network. Let's learn about the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation mission. The goal of the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation is to create a focus on health, education, and welfare of everyone involved in the horse racing community. And also, they would like to give special thanks to their board members who care about the mission and vision of the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation. Jim Anderson. Jim Anderson has been in the horse racing industry his whole life. His mother's a trainer and his father was a jockey, and he spent 15 years in the hunter-jumper discipline. Mike Abadir is an NFL sports agent and has been representing athletes the past 10 years. Knowlton Patio graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and the School of Veterinary Medicine. He's been an active member of the horse racing community for most of his career, and he's the son of a jockey. Laffitt Pinke is a winningest jockey with over 9,530 career victories from the Breeders' Cup to the Kentucky Derby and Belmont Stakes. Eddie Garcia has been a jockey for the past 30 years. During his remarkable career, Eddie has ridden in more than 18,500 races, and he's best known for winning more races at the Los Alamitos racetrack in California than any other jockey in the track's history. Steve Miller. Steve Miller is the vice president of event and premium markets for Montana Silversmiths. As a premier brand in the award buckle business, they are proud to make the buckles for the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation. And on today's Christina Silva Show, we're educating our veterans live with president and CEO of the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation, Mrs. Laura Joyner, and co-board member Dave Weaver. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show. Thank Thank you. you so much for having us. Amazing. We know that the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation was created to ensure that the legacy of the jockey we all love, Sam Thompson, remains in effect for a lifetime. So let's get started with us some of the greatest memories Sam Thompson left with both Laura and Dave. Sam was a great family friend of ours. He and my husband were actually best friends, and he actually was one of our jockeys when my husband and I had a racing stable where my husband trained. So we knew him extremely well. And Sam was always the world famous. Everyone knew him. He had a smile on his face and a Coors Light in his arms. You know, just always happy-go-lucky and was always willing to help anyone he could possibly help. And we wanted to keep his name alive by creating this foundation and helping others who he would have helped. Dave, I'm sure that Sam Thompson left a great impact on your life as well. Being in the media and covering horse racing for all of the years, what stands out to you most about Sam? Yeah, so Sam was one of the stars, you know, of of the show when we would cover 
the races at Losal. He was always the one that was riding the, the good horses. Um, he, he just always had this big smile on his face too. He was just such a nice, a nice guy. I considered him a friend. We, uh, you know, we played pool every once in a while, golfed every once in a while. And it's just, uh, it's just so sad when somebody goes way too soon that it's just such a special person and the impact that he had on people could have been so large uh, over the, you know, following, following decades uh, after he tragically passed. But we all will always remember Sam for just being the nicest guy and always having that world famous smile on his face. Thank you, Laura and Dave, for remembering Sam Thompson. And we're going to find out a little bit more about his life story and why it's so important with your philanthropic organization to stay focused on health, education, and welfare of those involved in the horse racing community, which is a large community with so much opportunity. We want to share with our listeners today from a novice standpoint what horse racing is, what are some of the benefits and factors that we have to look at as a business and also as a sport that hobbyists and those involved in the gaming side of horse racing look forward to each week because educating our veterans live is just about that sharing new ideas new creativity and new opportunities for our listeners which are a very patriotic audience sam thompson always wanted everyone involved in the sport he never excluded anyone or anything and he always wanted everyone educated on what the sport was about and how it's not just necessarily a sport to some people it's a lifestyle it's a livelihood it's their life you know Sam's dedicated his entire life he started riding as a teenager on the match tracks back on the east coast before he became a world champion jockey and you know it goes back to him wanting everyone to know what the sport is and what the horses are and how much the horse is meant to him. When I think of horse racing, I think of the excitement in the fans and in the stands um, and the beauty of the horses racing. I know that the Sam Townsend Foundation, from some of my research, included even veterans coming as a group, just like a day at the races, thanks to the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation. Yeah, there's a great way to get veterans and others involved in horse racing by coming out for a day, seeing what it's like. We've helped educate people on Everything from how to gamble, how to read a program, how to read the bloodlines, the sires and the dams, which are the moms and dads of the horses. I mean, it's a very calculated art on how all this is done and how you breed them and then what types of races you run in and how to be eligible for the different races. There's so much to it that spending a day at the races with veterans, with novices to the industry and to the to horse racing, there's so much we can teach them about how it all works, even from going in to the backside and seeing the horses one-on-one and seeing how pampered they are and how well taken care of they are, how they're just like part of the family to the trainers and the grooms who take care of them. It's nice to be able to show everyone that side of the sport. While we remember Sam Thompson, we are sure that we're going to learn about resilience from the art of horse racing. And that's what I want to talk about with you, Laura, because you grew up as a little girl born into the sport. Share with me some of your memories and when you were born, what your family related to horse racing and how incredible it's been for you, a lifetime amongst horses and the racing world. I've been in horse racing all my life. My first win picture is me at think about five weeks old at Los Alamitos in the race course for the Fabergé Futurity and a horse named Prissy Finn won the race and I was there with my parents and my dad's partner and co-worker and boss Artie Hubbard who has kind of been my mentor in the industry he um, 
Hawks, the one that kind of got my family into the horse racing and my family's owned horses and bred horses and raced them across the country. And it got me involved where I met my husband and uh, he was a trainer and now we're breeders and owners and we continue to run horses all across the country. But to say I've been in it from day one is kind of basically the truth. It's always been part of my life to be in the horse racing. And I got to know Sam when he's, it's probably been over 20 years ago now when I got involved with him and he was riding horses for us and everything. So it seems like forever ago yet also just yesterday. That's truly incredible. Something about Sam that I see on your website is his smile and he has such a congenial look about him all dressed in his gear. And that's what I want to concentrate on because no man is an island in the sport. I learned it takes even 19 to 20 people to run a barn. And let's talk about how you met Dave, Dave Weaver of TVG. I met Dave through the races. He was working for TVG and TVG has a set at Los Alamitos. And when my husband was training there, Dave was on the set a lot there at the racetrack. So we would see, I would see him firsthand at the races and him and my husband got to be good friends and golf buddies. And then Sam was always in the mix for a long time and we just all got to be friends and now co-board members, I guess you could say. That's awesome. Dave, when you're listening to the testimonial about Laura, she's simply a natural around the stadium where the horses race. Share with me a little bit about the overarching feel when you're on race day. How do you get prepared and Talk about Laura and the Sam Townsend Foundation. Well, she was born into the sport. I wasn't necessarily that way. My dad wasn't a trainer or none of my family members were involved in the industry. But I grew up about a mile from a racetrack, Los Alamitos Racecourse uh, in in Cypress, California. So it was always a place for us to go as, uh, you know, as young kids. I'd go with my dad. Um, He passed away when I was nine. But there were a lot of other families in the neighborhood that liked to go to the racetrack. So I'd continue to go with others. And I just always loved being around the horses. You know, some people like going to the movies, going fishing, playing Monopoly. For me and, and a lot of these other kids and their parents, we loved going to the racetrack. Some of my greatest lifelong friends are from the racetrack. And, and some of those who also happen to be veterans. It's actually a trainer. He, he's retired, but his name was Jack Fraser. And he would wear his Vietnam vet hat all around the racetrack. And it was so cool to see him, you know, out there training horses. I don't think he's trained in probably about maybe 10 or 15 years lower, but I always remember Jack being a vet and being involved and being in the industry. And and I loved it. That's amazing. Well, you love the military. In fact, the Joint Forces Training Base in Los Alamitos is right across the street from the iconic Los Alamitos racetrack. That's pretty interesting to know that we can create resilience and bring families out to see the sport and the beauty of what it's all about. So why don't we break down for the fans what horse racing truly is and start to get into some of the nuts and bolts about what happens to bring the race to pass. Horse racing is a lot more than just a horse getting on the track and running. It goes all the way back to their breeding to the breeding farms to the stallion farms and it takes you know I would say over 50 people to get a horse to the racetrack and they go through yearling auctions a lot of times or they're homebred where people breed them and race them on their own and then they pick a trainer who they want to train their horses sometimes they have a trainer who's trained for them for 30 40 years sometimes they try something new all the time and they're moving to different trainers but once they get Um, They turn a year old, they go through the sale or to a trainer and they get broke is what we call and they get where they are able to have a saddle on their back and uh, 
grooms or exercise raiders are able to get on them and start riding them. And then that usually starts in about October and November of their yearling year, which, by the way, all horses have the same birthday as January 1st. So they all turned one, two, three on January 1st, no matter what their birth date is. And then as you go into their two-year-old year, they usually will start having their first official race in closer to like May, sometimes April, sometimes earlier, sometimes later, depends on the development of the horse. And that's up to the trainer to test and see what their skill levels are, what their developmental levels are, if they're ready to run or not, if they need more time, if you need to take it slower with them, if, you know, there's just so many different things that go into it. And by the time they get to the track, they're pretty well ready to run. They know it's their job. They know it's something they love to do. And the horses are ready to run down the track. Thank you. That really opens up my eye about the information where it starts at the breeder's hub. When they pick horses and to train, they get broke at a certain amount of time in their years. And when they're one, can you already tell which horse is going to be a winning racehorse? Mm, yes and no. You can tell a lot by their build, by their bone formations, by their structures, by their muscles, the way um, their withers are formed or their hawks are, the way their distance they are from the ground. A lot of things go into that, but you can never tell what the heart is inside of a horse. Some horses have the heart of a champion and will do anything they can to try and win the race. But you can't see that from the outside. So you, a lot of that, you're just going on blind trust, watching the demeanor of the horse, looking at the build of the horse and going off that when you say purchase one at a yearling sale at a public auction to know what you're going to get. You don't always know. Some people will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and the horse will never win a race. And some people will spend $5,000 on a horse or less, and it'll make a million dollars. You just never really know. Wow, that's incredible. Some of the previous horses that have run, and when they get retired, they become breeding horses. Is that true? That is true. A lot of the fillies and mares that are retired will go, and they'll be bred to have babies that'll become racehorses or other things. Um, a lot of the geldings, which are the ones that have been castrated, go to be rodeo horses. They go to be therapy horses. They go to be ranch horses, riding horses, lots of things like that. Um, majority of quarter horses go towards, I would say, more of the ranching rodeo world. Thoroughbreds, when they're off track, a lot of them go to riding and off track therapy. That's incredible. So when does the horse, once it's declared a racing horse and it's going to be ready to be introduced to the horse racing circuit, how do they match up horses to Sam Thompson? Um, they basically, a trainer has a jockey who rides for them, usually first call or a few jockeys that ride for them. And the jockeys will, like Sam would, would get on the horses before they would ever go an official race and work on like a quote unquote practice race on the racetrack. And they would get on them, get to know their personalities it's just think about your dogs. They all have quirks about them, things they like, things they don't like. It's the same with horses and humans. Um, some have ones that get along great together, horse and jockey combos, and some don't get along great. And so you work to find the jockey who's going to get along with your horse and will help them prosper the most, you know, to the winner's circle at the racetrack. 
Thank you, Laura, for sharing. I wanted to ask a question of you and Dave about the pros and cons of racing just because of the injuries that riders can suffer. And that's the main mission of the Memorial Foundation is to be a governing net or support to those that may be injured or those that are racing that want to get started in the sport. The Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation is there to help them launch and help them heal. So share with me, Dave, a little bit about knowing Sam and his races, what he would feel that the foundation is doing best with regard to support to injured riders or riders that are pursuing careers? Yeah, and it's not only riders, it's anybody in need that works on the backstretch. So it could be, you know, a trainer, an assistant trainer, somebody that works on the gate. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that, that somebody could potentially get hurt or just have something, you know, go wrong in life where we want to step in and help. So Sam would really appreciate what we are, are doing. One of the uh, favorite things that we've ever done is there was a rider named Oscar Andrade and his son has actually now become one of the top jockeys at Los Alamitos, believe it or not. He's fallen in his, in his father's uh, path very much so, but his dad, Oscar, he suffered in an accident of gosh, from like 20 years ago or so. And he was paralyzed from the waist down, but he's been a very integral part of the barn and he still does love to go and is very much so part of making sure that the horses are, are ready to race. And we were able to get a custom saddle made for Oscar for him to be able to still kind of do some of the things that, that he hadn't been able to do. And I think Laura had a huge part to do with that. Yeah, we had a custom saddle made for him that he would be able to ride alongside his wife, who is a trainer, and help work with the horses and everything. That way he could feel part of the team again. Um, there's so much that goes into the emotional well-being of jockeys or others on the backside that have been injured or paralyzed to make them be able to get back to as normal of a life as we can help them do. And for Oscar, he wanted to get back on a horse. And that's the dream we helped make possible for him by having a saddle made where he could get back on and ride a horse again. That's incredible. That's what it's all about. It's the cycle and sharing and knowing that the jockeys have relationships and then they also admire one another's style. And so then when you're able to help other riders develop and even after an injury adapt, that is resilience. And I really appreciate the story of what the Sam Thompson Foundation is doing in the industry for so many years. Uh, Laura Joyner's on the line with us and she's sharing how she's been involved for all of her life. And she's sharing about the main place where Dave and Laura spent a lot of time and that's the Los Alamitos racetrack. Someday we want to go down there as novices and learn more about what horses can do to make you truly feel free at home in your mind and also to watch the beauty of the horses racing on the track. Share with us, Dave, some of the amazing horses you remember over the years commentating um, while the races were going live. Yeah, there, there have been so many awesome horses that have called Los Alamitos home. It's really the, the mecca if, if you... You know, it's like Yankee Stadium. If you want to be the best, you you win races at Los Al. Uh, going back to like the early 2000s, there was a horse named Who's Leaving Who that would just seem to break out of the gate so fast every time and win. And when quarter horse racing is a sprint. It's not really a, a race of stamina. It's a race of speed. So it's like the dragsters where the thoroughbreds would be more like the Indy cars or the NASCAR where they're going around and laps. But this is just a, a straight out sprint. 300, maybe 400 yards. So to see his horses come out of the gate and be right next to them and hear the pounding of the hooves and see the dirt flying, it's just so uh, exhilarating as a, as a 
spectator. That's what it's all about is to, to get down there and just see how really brilliantly talented they are. And then, you know, over the years, it just seems like year in and year out, another a great champion steps up and wins. But going back, I mean, I can go back into the mid-1980s and remember some of the first horses that I ever remember, a horse named Gold Coast Express Florentine, uh, Corona Chick into the early 1990s. So, so you would think you would forget about things, you know, 40 years later, but horse racing has a way to just keep those memories going throughout your lifetime. Well, Sam even rode Corona Chip. I was just looking at Sam's bio, over 600 races that he won. And so many jockeys can each ride different horses when the race teams decide, is there like an open time, just like sports where they could trade and become the jockey of another horse? They have what they call entry time when horse, uh, the horses are entered for a race. And it's usually anywhere from, five to seven, eight days before the race has actually ran. And you go to the racing office and you enter your horse with a jockey on that, on your horse. And normally there, I would just say there's a 10 horse field. And so you would have 10 horses, 10 different jockeys, because they can only ride one, of course. And a jockey at that time at the entry box can choose which of those 10, if they are named on like two or three different ones, the jockey or the jockey's agent can choose which horse that he wants to ride in the race. And that becomes very important when you get into million-dollar races, futurity trials, where you're trying to run for times to qualify for a big million-dollar race or things like that. This is really interesting. We're talking with Dave Weaver of TVG Network and Laura Joyner of the Sam Thompson Foundation. And both are on the board ensuring that horse racing and the story of Sam Thompson ensues. And so I'm really fascinated by your knowledge, Dave, of remembering horses over the years and with Laura growing up in the industry as an enthusiast and someone interested in the horse racing realm, we've got to get to the money. And it's so funny to know that when there's an edge on trying to bet on a horse, you can also learn education about business through the sport of horse racing. And you also related the training to NASCAR and it's somewhat like motorcycling too. The horse racing industry requires great cardio and a lot of workouts and diet. And maybe the whole team has to be on point on one accord, share with me a little bit about the training that goes into preparation for the races. And then Dave, I'm anxious to hear, can I do something with $2? Yeah, I'll tell you about the betting, but Laura can tell you about the training because she spent so much time. And Laura, you know, people always say that trainers treat their horses better than they treat their spouses. Was that the case (laughs) with you? (laughs) There were very many times that the horses took precedence over myself from my husband because the horses imagine it here's the best analogy I can when having a barn of horses of race horses imagine having a barn full of one-year-olds they can't tell you what's wrong but you have to figure it out and take care of them so when we would have a barn of 40 to 100 horses whatever it may be or even down to five or ten at sometimes every horse has a special is special every one of them has their own diet Every one of them has their own training schedule. Every one of them has their own farrier schedule to have their feet taken care of at least once a month. They all have vets looking after them constantly to make sure everything's okay. They're usually fed twice a day, I would say, on average, sometimes a snack for lunch, and then they would get alfalfa or hay bags hanging by their stall at all time, plus fresh water. And they, 
would get out of the barn every day. They aren't always just locked in a stall like a lot of people seem to think. They're not. They're out on the walkers. They're on the track. They're being hand walked. We would graze them in the fresh grass and let them roll and have sunshine. Um, But every horse is different. You know, some would want, say, five gallons of feed and never would put on a pound, which would sure be nice. And others would eat two gallons of feed and put on 20 pounds, you know. Everyone's different, but every horse was treated like special. It was a million dollar special horse. If a horse made a million dollars, of course, you know, it's a special horse, but we took care of them all the same. They were not neglected. They were not ever one taken above the other. They were always basically spoiled, rotten children of ours. That's interesting to find because we can have a misconception about horse racing when we think of PETA or whipping or beating. But when we come back in the next segment of the show, we're going to talk more about how the beautiful coat of the horses in quarter horse racing and also with thoroughbreds comes to pass. And we're also going to learn a little bit more about the special events news, the cron log, what's been happening with the Sam Thompson Foundation and what we can look forward to. But before we go to break, we've got to hear from Dave on what I can do with two to $200 at Los Alamitos. <laughs> Tell us, Dave, about your love for the horse racing sport as a business. Yeah, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry as far as the gambling goes. And, you know, just like going to Vegas, I don't always expect to come back with more money than I went with, but you do always, you know, hope that you can make a nice little lick when you go to the racetrack. Um, There are some that are extremely good at structuring their bets and devote a lot of time to it and consider it a living where that that's their job betting the horses. I don't recommend that. Um, I just consider myself more of an uh, entertainment, but there are some people who bet horses based on, the horse's name and the color of the horse to each their own. You know, if you want to invest six hours into studying the past performances and watching horses prior replays at the end of the day, it's just a horse race. You know, Um, I have some friends that will bet a horse if they took a poop on the racetrack before the race. Yes. I have some interesting friends. Thank you very much. But there are just so many different ways to to go about it. Um, But at the end of the day, I find it just a great, um, Great enjoyment to go and spend an afternoon at the racetrack. And yeah, people have turned $2 into a million dollars in certain bets like the pick six where there's these huge carryovers, almost like the lottery where it starts to build if nobody hits it the day before. But you could also bet $2 to show on a horse and get back four. I mean, there there are risky bets and then there are some less risky bets for those that don't have quite as much uh, craziness in them. Well, there's no endorsement intended nor implied, but also we want to promote resilience and a day at the races to see the beauty of the horses and to learn more about what happens in the horse racing barn of some of our greatest horses that we remember. And we remember the legacy of the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation mission and Sam with that world famous smile and that world famous win of over 600 times, including Los Alamitos. We'll be right back with more Educating Our Veterans Live with Laura Joyner and Dave Weaver right after this. You're listening to The Christina Silva Show, Educating Our Veterans Live. For more information about the show, email crsprods at gmail.com. That's crsprods at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for listening to The Christina Silva Show, where we're enamored by the sport of horse racing and the novice edge on how to get started if you're interested in a day at the races. The Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation Board members are on the line today with Laura Joyner and Dave Weaver of TVG Network. 
we're going to share a little bit more about the legacy of Sam Thompson and appreciate the beauty of horses when they're racing for a cause. So Laura Joyner is going to share with us what she remembers the day that Sam Thompson raced his final race and the beauty of the fallen rider, how we respect and remember Sam Thompson. Sam came out that night. I was standing in the paddock and it was just like another race. And it was actually a horse that he had spent a ton of time getting ready to run. And it was December 20th. And this horse was actually running her first race. She was a little delayed in getting to the track. Um, She didn't have any physical issues, um, but she was just a little more delayed. So we took our time with her mentally. I would say more mentally delayed. And we got her to the track and Sam came walking down in the vessel stallion silks. And those were the owners of the horse. And they were actually the original founders of Los Alamitos. Their family was. And Sam and we were all standing there talking just like what we were going to do that weekend, you know, and Christmas was coming up and everyone was getting ready. And Sam, of course, was making us laugh, smile going on, couldn't wait to get his Coors Light as soon as the races were over and, you know, just get on with what was going on next. Little did we know that things would drastically change, you know, less than 10 minutes later when the race ran. The filly actually um, broke her pelvis leaving the gate she pushed away so hard from the starting gate that night that she broke her pelvis and we didn't find this out until weeks after when an autopsy was done and the horse got Sam got her all pulled up and got around the racetrack and she had a couple other injuries that came about and he went over the top of her and just fell just right where it crushed his spinal cord and he had had previous injuries where he had some rods already in place and the two rods that were already in his neck and back came together and just broke his spinal cord and that night was one of the toughest nights in any of our lives who are in horse racing as we were all waiting to find out what was happening what was going on at the hospital and then having to make the phone calls to his family who lived on the East coast. And then for the next five days, Sam did a wonderful thing and he donated his organs and tissues to help. I want to say it's 13 other people through organ donation and tissue donation that were able to benefit because of what a generous man he was. And that's why we wanted to continue with the foundation was to continue his generous giving that he did up until his last wish. And so now we give to those that are in need in the horse racing community. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the meaning of the charity work that you do is each and every day, you never forget, even if five to seven years has passed by in the legacy for Sam Thompson, you just remember the spirit and core of who he was as a person, as a winning jockey, and also as a love for his friends and family that would never die. And I really appreciate that, that you're talking with us openly about the mission and vision of the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation. And Dave, when you have to cover a difficult story like Laura's sharing about the legacy of Sam Thompson, how does it make you feel when you have to approach with cameras and lights and action on the microphone? How do you handle that with your emotions? It's not easy, Um, especially when the person is a close friend of yours too, and there's even more meaning um, for that. And at at the time when somebody is involved in an accident, you don't know if it's good. Sometimes they get up and walk away and bumps and bruises. And sometimes it's a little more serious. And once every 
so often, and it, it's very rare that a, that a rider actually dies um, on the racetrack, but it's, it's very difficult to, to contain your composure when you're doing live television and you're trying to explain to the audience what has just happened. You, you never want to speculate. You never want to say he's okay or he, he's not okay because you, you just don't want to give out bad information. You don't want to pass along uh, news that isn't true. So usually... I just try to keep it as, as vague as possible just to not say the wrong thing, whether it's good or bad. Most definitely. Well, this is such a great expose of what difficulties there are involved, what risks there are involved, and what great memories are involved in any sport. But the sport of horse racing has a large team and a family. And in the end, when something tragic happens, we all have to know how to get up the gumption and have the fortitude and the heart to continue. And even though we bereave now with Christmas coming up for another year, Laura, what will we do? Let's direct everyone to the website and also to take a look at the amazing memorial video that was made with Sam Thompson's loved ones and his fellow jockeys and everyone in the industry. Share with us what happened on Christmas Day and every Christmas Day, how you remember the world famous Sam Thompson. It was 3 a.m. Christmas morning when Sam was taken off life support and taken into the OR to give his final gifts of organs and tissues and everything like I discussed. So uh, Christmas hasn't gone by since that he passed away. It'll be 12 years ago this year that we don't th- sit back and think where we were sitting in the hallway of the OR on Christmas morning waiting and, you know, watching everything. You know, it's it reminds you that Christmas is a season of giving and that's what Sam wanted. He wanted us all to give. And the tribute video that was made, and I believe it was made by Los Alamitos as a memory to Sam that was played at the racetrack a week later when there was a fallen rider ceremony. This video purely describes Sam. It's pictures of him riding as a little kid, pictures of him having fun off the track. Um, pictures of and videos of him winning big races million dollar races world champion races it shows the life of sam and you can see that video on our website at the samthompsonfoundation.org and if you want to know who sam is that short little video will tell you sam's whole life and tell you what the what his character was what type of person he was in that short amount of time of watching that video Most definitely. Well, thank you so much. I see such great events and other helps that have come from not only the donations of his person, but the long lasting legacy of charity is very important. And so we have some great events and news that we want to share. And Dave, with your involvement in the charity, when did you know that you would be honored to accept your position on the board to help the Sam Thompson Foundation grow larger each and every year? Well, initially, I would always go to the golf tournament that they would host, and I would kind of be the, I don't know, the celebrity golfer that um, that would show up, along with about 10 others. There would be NFL players there, um, some other media like myself, and it would just be a good way to attract others to come out and golf. So that's probably been, you know, since the foundation was, was started. Um, boy, what's been, Laura, about five years now, maybe, that I've been yeah. on the board. And since then, my main contribution is it's kind of that, that golf tournament. But this year, 
with the with the pandemic, we were not able to to raise those funds. So it's even more important for uh, for us to get donations at samthompsonfoundation.org this year to to kind of help out and, and make up for some some lost time with that. But that's always my favorite event is to to put on just a great show and have jockeys and trainers and you know horse players, owners, breeders all come out and just have a great afternoon on the golf course. That's awesome. Thank you, Dave, for attending the races every day to get connected with Cody Joyner and Laura Joyner of the Circle CJ Racing Team, where Sam spent his racing career and changing the lives. Laura, I know for sure that because of your testimony today that many smiles are on the faces of our veterans and also of those industry lovers, goers, and enthusiasts in the sport. Share with us a little bit about the family of persons that you've met in the industry and the leadership in the horse racing industry. The horse racing industry is a family and everyone treats each other like family. Yes, you're all competing against each other to win the race, but when the race is over, everyone's planning on where they're going to go to watch a movie or to hang out or to have a party. Everyone's a family. And you have clients like my husband and I had our training business and my husband was a trainer for a long time. And we would have clients that were, you know, more professional on the side. And we had clients that were some of our best friends and everywhere from the racetrack owners to TVG to the racetrack employees, to your, um, the gate crew, the jockeys, everyone's just a big family and your lifelong friends. My husband quit training a few years ago and everyone that we met that when that was our livelihood, they're all still some of our best friends to this day. And we're still in, just as involved with everything because of all the family and friends we made in the industry. Yes. And many racers and, and teammates over the years, people in the barn that take care of the horses to even those that are new to the industry, they have books that I want to talk about because the production of the program is a piece of media as well, Dave. And with your research, when you started out working with Laura and far before you became an on-air host with TVG, tell me a little bit about your experiences in knowing the statistics about the race and what goes into your preparation before you broadcast. Yeah. You know, one of my first jobs at the racetrack, this is back in the mid to late 1990s at the track that's not even there anymore in Inglewood, California, Hollywood Park, was putting together that program of information where it has the horse's names, the jockeys, the colors of the silks, the odds. And I would literally back, I think that was like pre-data download on the internet where I would physically manually type in everything, which took a lot of time. And then we would take it to the print shop and and get get it printed. But that allowed me to kind of expose myself to working at the racetrack and developing some um, relationships with people that eventually would put me in a place to work for TVG when that was founded uh, 21 years ago. And it's been a, it's been a great career path for me. Um, but for those that want to experience horse racing, you know, whether it be a career or a hobby, I mean, unlike a, a baseball or football game where it might cost you $200 to go watch this sporting event, racetracks, some of them even across the country are free to get into, but for the most part, it's going to be anywhere between maybe three to $10. And then you can go and watch uh, all of the excitement. Wow. You sure can watch a lot of the excitement, even in past races to learn more about horse racing as a novice in the sport. Horse Racing 101 is a book you can download. And also you can go to TVG and see races of the favorites. And that is an amazing website with so much about horse racing. What is a handicap there, Dave? 
So a, a handicap is, is a type of a race where the racing secretary handicaps horses based on how good they are versus the others by assigning them a weight. It's actually not around as much as it was in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, but the best horse would have to carry more pounds. They'd put lead in the horse's saddle to essentially slow it down and make sure that they're not winning by as much. So the handicap tries to make all horses equal based on weight. It's a real science that the, that the racing office puts into it. So a handicapper is a person that tries to figure out who's going to win the race. So I consider myself a handicapper. I like to look at the prior races and then essentially predict what's going to happen later on today in race number eight. And when you pick that winner, you feel like the smartest person in the world. Like you did all this research and what you said was going to happen, happened. And that's why, that's why I do it each and every day. That's amazing. So you actually love the sport and participate and you also commentate. That's interesting. Yes. Let's hear about if you've lost your pants or won a big pot. Oh, I've lost my pants. Um, but uh, yeah, I would definitely say uh, over the 30 years that I've been horses, I'm, I'm not ahead by, uh, by any means. But uh, again, I consider it more of a, I'd rather go to the racetrack than go to the movies. In the movies, it's going to cost you some money. And at the racetrack, it's going to cost me some money to, to be entertained. Now, the, the fact that you could make a big score, and there are days uh, a friend of mine and I split a $30,000 uh, pick four. It's been a, probably a long time ago since that happened. I had two friends that split a pick six that paid $600,000. So there are, there are situations where you could get lucky and make a, a life-changing score. But, uh, you know, day in and day out, no, I, I would say I'm, I'm not winning every time that I make a bet. Well, every better has to start somewhere, and that's with moderation, <laughs> entertainment, relaxation, and a little prep. Tell us about one of your biggest mentors in the industry working at TVG, one of your favorite interviewees. Well, the, uh, the most popular trainer in the world uh, right now, his name is Bob Baffert. He has trained... Um, two triple crown winners, uh, American Pharaoh and Justify within the last five years. And we hadn't had a triple crown winner since the late 1970s before that. So it was always cool for me to get a chance to, to interview somebody like that. And I've covered races like the Preakness Stakes in Baltimore, the Belmont Stakes in New York, the Breeders' Cup, um, which revolves around different racetracks in Kentucky and California and some other states. But it's always fun to be in, in the spotlight on those huge, huge events. And by the way, Bob Baffert started out at LaSalle as a quarter horse trainer back in the 70s and 80s before he transitioned into the thoroughbred world. So you never know where somebody's going to start and where they're going to end up. This is an awesome testimonial and overarching view about the beginning of horse racing and also about the legacy of Sam Thompson himself. So Laura Joyner and Dave Weaver, great job letting me know that I can spend a day at the races and hopefully put together a charitable outing for our military families. Uh, being a disabled American veteran myself, I know that I get resilience from riding my motorcycle, being out in the elements. And also, I know that there are a lot of healing properties when you deal with horses. And I know now from today's show that from the breeder to the yearlings to the races and to some of the biggest wins that we've talked about, with a reference to TVG Network and also the Los Alamitos racetrack, there may be a collaborative event in the future. What do you think about that, Laura? I think it would be a great event to get all of our military vets out there and their families and let them spend a day out there. Let them feel the adrenaline as the horses are running down the track. And we can show them what it is, how to place a bet on a horse and how to 
look at the different facts of the programs and just become more of not a novice in the industry where they can respect it as a sport and a livelihood of the millions of people around the world who spend every day taking care of these horses and getting them to their next race. I think it would be a great event we could do together. Of course, we certainly don't promote any gambling or betting, but we do support educating our veterans live. And we're highlighting the Sam Thompson Foundation and some of your upcoming events and past events. We want to talk about awards and scholarships and how to get involved as a volunteer at the Sam Thompson Foundation. Share more. The Sam Thompson Foundation branched out about four and a half years ago, and we created a separate second division of doing scholarships for all of those uh, young to old that are in the horse racing community who wanted to continue their education, whether going to a four-year college, a community college, a technical school, a vocational school, wherever they wanted to go. And in the last four and a half years, we've given away over $200,000 in scholarships. And we host an annual fundraiser, normally Labor Day weekend on the mountain in Riadosa Downs. This year with the pandemic, things had to be changed up a little bit, kind of like everything else going on. And we're hosting our annual fundraiser in Oklahoma City, January 13th, 14th, and 15th at the Heritage Place sale. And it'll be a silent and live auction. We will have stallion breedings that generous um, stallion owners have donated from across the United States, as well as memorabilia and jewelry and one-of-a-kind art and originals. There's a little bit of everything that's available. And anyone who's interested in that can check out the website. Everything will be going up on there here this week. And anyone who wants to volunteer, we're always looking for volunteers to help put on our next event or to help promote new events and get more awareness out there about the horse racing community. This is awesome. There's so much on your website to discover and through Amazon Smile with Black Friday approaching and also the Christmas season, it'll be a great time to be a part of remembering the legacy of Sam Thompson and and has impacted many lives. Dave, would you like to take a moment to share with us about a couple of riders and even one that with my favorite sport is a little motocross enthusiast as well. This is just recently. uh, It was just only a few months ago that one of our current um, top riders at Los Al was involved in a, in a very bad spill approaching the uh, the finish line. And his name is Vinny Bednar. And he's actually a guy that before becoming a jockey was a motocross rider. He loved to ride motorcycles and races. And he did that for many years and eventually decided to, instead of riding bikes, ride horses. And he quickly became one of the more likable and, and top riders at Los Sal. Unfortunately, um, during his fall, he has some lower limb paralysis and he's been transferred to a hospital in Colorado to help assist him to try to, you know, overcome his, his injury. And during this time, uh, we were able to collect donations on the website, including a very generous donation from Los Alamitos Racecourse to total, I think, just shy of $70,000 to donate to Vinny and his needs that he's going to have now as he um, has to adjust to his new life. Thank you for sharing. We all have the will to adapt and overcome with positivity and love. And so that is what I would like to appreciate for both of you coming on the show today from the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation. Laura Joyner and Dave Weaver certainly want to give back to the families and help them know that from Sam to them, 
you're the intermediary that keeps everyone in the industry safe and with a haven to go to if you ever need help. So Laura in closing and Dave in closing, let's make a good announcement about what's coming up and how we want to appreciate the sport overall in a closing set of remarks. Coming up next for the foundation is the scholarship fundraiser in January. And that'll, our goal is to raise about 50 to $75,000, which will allow us to give scholarships over the next year. We do um, spring and fall semester uh, scholarships so we can help as many people as possible in the industry. And hopefully the pandemic will slow down here pretty soon and we can get a golf tournament going this next spring, early summer out in Southern California. And I know Dave is itching to help us get that back going and possibly some other events. You know, the pandemic changed things and we're just going to have to kind of change our way of doing things, too. So keep an eye on the website. Keep an eye on our Facebook page. We're always posting updates as to what's going on. And we try to keep everyone informed so we can get as many people involved as possible. And your favorite racetrack in all the world, Ms. Joyner, is... It's hard to say. It's it's a toss-up between Riadosa Downs, because I grew up there, and Los Alamitos, because that was home for so long. So I can't really pick one, but I like both of those, just because they're familiar to me and a place like home. Awesome. Dave, how about you? Closing remarks on your favorite worldwide track. Whew, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. Yeah, <laughs> Los, Los Al is always near and dear to my heart. But if you go up a little bit further, you have Santa Anita with just an unbelievable backdrop of the foothills. And then if you go south down to San Diego, you have Del Mar, which is right on the beach, which is just uh, so beautiful. And then if you really want to take a nice trip to a historic track, you go to upstate New York. Saratoga is, is legendary. That's more like a Fenway Park, so to speak, of just this legendary field of dreams but uh those those would be the tracks that if you had a chance to get to in keeneland one other in lexington kentucky who year in and year out hosts one of the most magnificent days for the military it's heroes day and one of the things they do is they unfurl the american flag on the racetrack monstrous flag it's a remarkable thing to see so if you're in the lexington kentucky area check that out coming up next year most definitely. And you can always go to the TVG network at tvg.com. And if you want to learn more about the life of Sam Thompson, be sure to watch the Sam Thompson Foundation.org YouTube video about the everlasting life of Sam Thompson. Laura Joyner and Dave Weaver, we've made a great show, but we've only touched on the very surface of what a novice can learn about horse racing. So we'll invite you back in six months, hoping the pandemic has subsided and we'll look forward to meeting at Los Alamitos Racetrack right down the way from where I'm serving our military veterans in the center of Los Angeles. And to everyone listening, we always have a moment of silence to remember our freedoms and to be thankful during the holiday season as Thanksgiving and Christmas is upon us. Let's have a moment of silence and remember those troops that are on active duty deployed and those in the horse racing industry as we bless them before their next race. And the Christina Silva Show is brought to you for the mission of educating our veterans live each Wednesday on the Voice America Variety Channel. Special thanks to the SamThompsonFoundation.org, to Beverly Hills Webs, State Farm Jimmy Ramirez Agency, CRS Productions, and all of our sponsors over the years that make the Christina Silva Show possible. Laura and Dave, we want to welcome you back to the show in about six months, and we want you to be safe until then, and happy holidays. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Christina Silva Show. 
Be sure to check back for new episodes every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you soon and Semper Fi. Mm-hmm.